You've heard me talk all about STEM coaching and how this is a new way that you can work with me this summer, but what does this even mean? What does it actually sound like having a STEM coaching session with me, Naomi Meredith? Well, I am taking you behind the scenes in a never heard before type of episode where I actually recorded the coaching session with a teacher in the STEM into Summer group coaching program. As one of the bonuses in this group coaching program, you receive a free one-to-one 30-minute video coaching call with me where we get to know one another, your STEM program, and the goals that you have for it so we can set you up for success for back to school. In this session, I am talking with Delisa, who teaches a K-5 STEM after-school program. Like many of you, she was given this amazing position with limited supplies and zero curriculum. Delisa already has some great lessons in place, but feels like her lessons are a little bit scattered. Likewise, with the structure of her schedule, kids can be in and out and sometimes learn some content, but miss out on others. She wants to develop a program where she has lessons she can adapt for the summer and during the school year, utilize the materials she has on hand, and provide experiences for her students that are meaningful even when students leave at different times or when the schedule suddenly changes. Definitely the life of a teacher, right? (laughs) Together, Delisa and I set up a plan of action of next steps to take now and what to expect during into the STEM into Summer group coaching program. During this session, I'm sure you're going to find similarities in her program and the struggles that she is facing to what you're experiencing in your STEM space. If you are interested in joining forces with me and other teachers who are building their STEM programs, there are still a few spots available. You can jump in at naomimeredith.com slash STEM into summer. Likewise, if you are unsure if this program is a right fit for you, let's talk about it face-to-face. Schedule a free live call with me at naomimeredith.com slash call. Now let's jump into this fun coaching session. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Well, thanks so much again um, for meeting me. I'm so excited to meet you in person. So tell me how to say your name correctly. Uh, it's Delisa. Delisa. I love that. I say Delisa and my mom's Delisa. I said, mama, you know, I'm used to it. Delisa is fine. Okay. Delisa. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever, however, everyone says my name wrong too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I was so excited that you signed up. What motivated you to um, sign up for this group coaching program? Well, I have been actually in love with STEM since I guess I was a kid. I'm going to just you know, throw that out there. But right now, I currently uh, work with K through five uh, at an after school program. Oh, cool. And so along with that, I was originally working with pre-K through uh, second grade teaching computer coding. 
And so we were using the robots and all the little fun things to go along with their literacy and math and all of that. So it's just like, I wanted to do more with STEM. Mm -hmm. And so a little bit of building activities and we've done, you know, with the coding, but including the arts and other things into it. So I love STEM. I'm just trying to find how to, you know, I have great ideas and big thoughts, but I need to crunch it down and put it into a lesson plan and into a format of curriculum that I can follow. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. When I, I mean, like, I feel like that's so common too. When you have, like, there's so many cool ideas out there and so many different cool things to try. And then you want to do all of them and then it gets super overwhelming. And then you think, okay, what grade levels should I be doing this with? Do I have the supplies? Um, so that's super, super common. Yeah. See my background. If I turn, I have so much stuff that I've purchased of trying to do STEM activities. Like, okay, my whole back room is going to be completely <laughs> overwhelmed with educational stuff that yeah. I probably use. Oh, so does mine. Look at my floor. No, I'm like cleaning it out. I have a lot of. I have more. I have stuff under my desk, so you can't see it. You know, I've, I'm just sneak over here so you can kind of see. I, this is my corner of just collecting of stuff. And it's like, oh, I, I do that too. <laughs> so tell me more about your program. So you said it's after school. Like, is it every day? How long do you have the kids? Is it something that they pay for? How does that work? Yes, um, I'm I'm there Monday through Friday um, from 3 to uh, 6.30. Okay. That is 3 to 6.30. Um, and I do K through fifth grade on those uh, each day. So I have with the school year, which is kind of crazy. I actually get them for an hour oh. for each level. So say, for instance, yesterday I had K through first grade. Okay. They're uh, great. So I get them. I had them yesterday and today I have third grade. So with my third through fifth grade, which today I have third, tomorrow I have fourth and fifth, I can do different things with them. Mm-hmm. But my kindergarten and first is kind of where, okay, I don't want to overwhelm them or mm-hmm. don't want to cost compared to with my third through fifth. So mm-hmm. now with the summer coming along, I'll have each group for two hours. Uh, okay. So starting on the seventh, I'll start with third grade. I believe I'll have them for two hours. So So then, okay. So then it's like third grade for two hours, fourth grade for two hours, fifth grade. And then is it still K-1 combined for two hours? Uh Huh? Yes. I have them combined. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hours um, during the summer. And then back when school starts back, then we're back at an hour, 45 minutes. Okay. Because stuff that's going on at the same time. Do you have it all like mapped out of when you see kids, how much time you have per grade level for the summer and then the year? Do you have like a whole map out plan of that? I did. Mm-hmm. What happens is I can map it out, but if they have other educational uh, programs coming in, it'll throw everything off. So same day that I would have, for instance, yesterday, K-1, well, then at 3.30 to 4.30, they have Spanish. Mm. So that takes away from my actual coding lesson because we also have to allow them to get the educational lessons in as well, a homework help and assistance. Mm-hmm. So back down to 30 minutes. So I, I usually have it all mapped out, but things change. So with okay. that being 
it, it can be the same thing for the summer. So mapping out for me saying the summer, I can say, okay, yeah, I have them two hours. I have them from um, one o'clock to four o'clock, but then they may have a Spanish session come mm-hmm. in everything off. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess having, it would be helpful if you just a rough plan and then we could always adjust what you have, um, based on, cause that will help knowing how much roughly how much time you have. Um, cause then you could always plan for a little bit more. And then if you just have to repeat it the next week or, do something similar or, okay, we're going to do this part of this lesson. And then we're going to do the next part next week. So then maybe it's not even new every single time. It's like extending what they're working on. Do the kids um, leave in the middle of that time or are they, are they like, so they go home. Okay. Yeah. And so now say for instance, today I have third grade. So I'll come in after their Spanish lesson, which is four o'clock. But then at 4.15, 4.30, they're getting ready to break mm-hmm. for dinner. Okay. So now during dinner time, I'm starting to lose my kids because yeah. they're getting ready to home. So I'll have to start a lesson and then come back, like you said, the following week and try my best to get in as much as I can. Okay. And then the following week, try to finish up as much as I can yeah. to the, there. Because we started doing um, the Legos, uh, not Spike, but the other one, Essential the, Lego. Essential. Oh, Yeah. So I have maybe three or four that's able to build out robots, but then the other half, they miss out because they don't get the build. Mm-hmm. So then I am three or four get to come in and code the robot, but then my other group is missing out. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah. So that'll definitely be something when we're thinking about the lessons, because I feel like you obviously have the materials and the ideas, but thinking about the structure for that and how that'll work because kids are leaving in and out. You have the different grade levels. So that is nice, though, you have combined grade levels. So that's really going to help with your planning. Um, do you plan things thematically or do you just feel like you're just throwing ideas out there? Like maybe third grade's doing Legos, fourth grade's doing robotics. And then or do you kind of do the same thing? So if you're doing Legos, everyone's doing Legos or do you um, structure it? I- I do it differently per grade. So like my fourth and fifth had it, haven't even started Legos. And so third grade has been my only group that's done Legos. My second grade group has done Scratch Junior. Mm-hmm. The only group has done Scratch Junior. I did introduce it to K-1, but I you know, slowed down with yeah. that because, of course, we're leaving. <laughs> and so they have the B-Bot, so they're doing the robots. Yeah. So it's kind of, and then with the fourth and fifth, we're doing Scratch. Okay. So I want to, at least uh, if I do this, structure it, I want to do it as a theme and mm-hmm. then it'll be much easier and to say, okay, I can introduce this. And then if we don't even get to a certain part, then I can continue on like I've been mm-hmm. trying to do. I think you definitely can do that. Um, that's how I structure my year. So um, I was, I started off like with you where I was just kind of throwing things out there and just trying it out. Cause you, I mean, you don't even know sometimes you're like, well, I don't even know what this does. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that'll help too, especially when you're teaching it. And let's say a kid leaves, I don't know mm-hmm. if they can jump in on your other sessions. Like, oh, there's two kids left. They can. Oh, okay, so they don't do that. Um, but that'll help too with your materials because if you're in the mindset of coding, then that's going to help you think about the differentiation with all of those levels. Um, and we can even talk more about resources. Um, 
like when we're actually working through the summer. This is really good. I'm like so excited. I have a lot of ideas for you. <laughs> um, but we can really think about that thematic planning. So you could have a coding unit and then you can have a separate robotics unit and then a Lego unit. Now, if you don't have enough supplies, we can mix up who does Legos. Um, Cause I know that's really hard too, because getting something for K through five for everybody is expensive. <laughs> so maybe everybody, but third grade is doing coding at that time or something like that. So we can definitely um, map that out. And then that way, when you're prepping your materials, you're like, okay, we're doing coding right now. Perfect. You even have all, a lot of similar anchor charts, a lot of vocabulary, so that's going to help you. And I'm, I'm really glad actually your K1 is combined that that won't be too hard. <laughs> and it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. Do and you the, do, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> do you do, um, whole group lessons with K1 or do you do STEM stations whole group? Actually. And I loved your, your, um, workshop on doing the STEM stations because I actually did STEM stations on Friday. Oh, with- how'd it go? Oh, they're fun Fridays. Usually I try, if I don't get to do coding on Tuesdays with K1, then I do it on Fridays where they have fun Friday. And so this past Friday, we did STEM stations where I did the Play-Doh. I did a uh, coding. I did a little art station where they could color. Yeah. Um, and then what else did I add for Legos? We did Lego challenges. Yeah. So that helped me out so much with K1 group. And so I definitely would like to incorporate that yes. in where I work with one group, maybe with coding. And then next mm-hmm. time, if I don't get to them, I can come back mm-hmm. and do other group. Awesome. I love, I'm so glad that worked for you. And even at this time of year, I know, I know they're crazy. I just did stunt stations with K1 and they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out great. I mean, with fun Fridays for them, we put on a movie, we had the STEM station set yeah. up. So they're more in tune with the steel station than they were with the movie. Yay. Oh, that's good. Turn the movie off yeah. and just like, go for it. Yeah. You don't need the movie. I think it'll be fine. And yeah. then that, I like what you said too, having a station where it could be even you, um, like a station with you. I'm wondering too, I have done this. Um, just thinking about the structure of how your kids are and how they rotate in and out throughout the day in your program. Um, I have actually done STEM stations with my older kids before, um, and it works really well. We can think about what those, just thinking about what will work best for you. Your kids are in school all day and then they're coming to you. And so they have a whole lot of whole group instruction and it really depends on the teacher. From what I've seen, it's actually not as common to do stations with older kids and even I with me, but it can, it's, it still can be done. And I feel like just because they're not finishing things or they might not have enough time or they're leaving, um, I actually think stations would work well for your older students. And that way you're not planning as much because you could still do two a day with your older kids. They will be at the station for longer, but then that way, okay, okay. We have four stations in this unit. Let's say we're doing coding. Um, We have four coding stations. You're going to do two this week and then two next week. And then you're not planning week to week anymore. (laughs) That way you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do another unit again. Um, because you said you see each grade level once a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once a so week. that that'll help too. Yeah. So if you did STEM stations, just thinking, I wouldn't suggest it this for like a classroom STEM teacher, but for your program, 
I think that will help just with the rotation of kids. So then you don't like if a parent has to talk to you, you're like, okay, I have to stop my instruction and go talk to them. And that's going to free you up too, especially, you know, they're squirrely at the end of the day. So then excited. Yeah. And they love, and they love what they're doing with you. I'm sure they love it, but I think that'll help with behaviors also because they're tired. They do want to do your stations and your activities, but that's going to break them up as well. So it's just more focused on the activity. And then let's say, oh, I didn't do this station last time. You could just flip them into that station. And then maybe even the third and third and fourth week could be pick your favorite. And so maybe for your older, I wouldn't do this for the little kids, but I would have for the older kids. Okay. So we did stations these past two weeks. Um, Maybe this last with this third and fourth week, you get to pick your favorite. So then you could have, we could create like a choice board where they pick their top two and maybe they spend the whole day doing one station. And then the next week doing another station. Um, Just because they're older, they'll be able to handle that with the little kids. I don't know. You could do the same stations again, to be honest. So then yeah. that would take up a whole month. So if you have, let's say K1, you do STEM stations, which was really good. How many did you get through with them? I try to break them up and through a timer. So I allow all of them to get an opportunity to get to touch it. So I put every 10 minutes. Oh, okay. So I give them 10 minutes per station and then they rotate out. Yeah. So just to keep them going. Yeah. So that works. that's what Every last one of them had because I didn't have that many kids because of course it's end of yeah. the year and they have common. So um every 10 minutes at least allow them that time. So mm-hmm. some no, because now we're into 7 30 to 5 30, we'll have them all day. So uh, okay. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think for okay, for the school year, so since you have a while with them, K1, you could do four or however many four to six stations, I would maybe do four, but you had five. I did five. Okay. Yeah. Five works. So keep okay. the five. Cause probably with your numbers too. Um, yeah. and then I, that obviously worked with your time. So I would keep that. And then you could do the same stations the next week. Okay. I, you don't have to switch it every time. 10 minutes is not very long. And when I've doubled stations, so sometimes a week I will actually do the same stations again and the kids okay. are loving it. They they actually are excited to do it again. So don't feel bad that you repeat things. <laughs> um, they probably want to go back to it. They did. They actually, when I brought it, they were they were all excited because mm-hmm. was they are the class is set up. They're actually already set up in kind of little stations anyway. Yeah. So oh. help me out to be able to to build their stations out so they could rotate. So now this summer with new things coming, I don't know how their classroom is going to look because it's, yeah. it's changed. But yeah, it they loved it. They love it every time Yay. I... During the summer months, it can sometimes be a challenge thinking of activities to keep your students and your own children engaged in learning activities. Especially on a day when you have an afternoon rain shower, it can feel like your kids are bouncing off the walls. Well, let's put those walls to good use. Let learning meet playtime with the brightest glow-in-the-dark stickers in all the land with Glow Play. Also, these aren't your average glow-in-the-dark stickers that you had on your bedroom ceiling as a kid that would fall off and hit your face while you were sleeping. You know what I'm talking about. I recently received the Sea Animals set from Glow Play. 
I've mentioned many times here on the podcast that when I travel with my teacher, honey, we frequent the local zoos and museums. So this sea animal set was a no brainer for me. My favorite were the sea turtles in this set. There was an adult and two babies. So cute. If I were using these in the classroom, I would plan out an ocean theme week where in each of the STEM stations, students could learn more about the topic. These glow play stickers would be a great STEM station where students could create a riddle about the traits they see on the animals and have others in the group guess which animal they're talking about. For example, they could say, I spy a living thing with two flippers and no dorsal fin. The other kids in the group can guess which glow play sticker they're talking about and say, blue whale. This is a great connection to the NGSS first grade life science standards. These glow in the dark stickers can be used anywhere. They glow 70 times brighter than others on the market you might have used. Another great benefit to these stickers is that they can stick to any surface, be peeled off and reapplied without any sticky residue. Your house will thank you and so will the custodians at your school so you're not ruining any walls. Talk about unlimited fun. Adding in the glow play stickers to your classroom materials would make an easy STEM station that would take minimal prep but encourage tons of engagement. You can grab this glow play sea animal set and other themes by visiting their website at letsglowplay.com. That's let's L-E-T-S glow, G-L-O play, P-L-A-Y dot com. Let's glow play dot com. Yeah. And, and they're I good did, at it. Yeah. And I just did the same ones that I did the very first time you uh, yeah. I watched a workshop, the same one. Oh, good. They were excited about it. Yay. I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. It makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> I'm I'm just like, hey, this is an easy day. <laughs> I know. I know. It feels so easy, but they're not bored. They're super engaged. No, no. Mm-hmm. And even if with us rotating and after once they go all around, everybody had that one opportunity. Then they were like, well, I want to go from this station. Can I go to this station or can I go to that station? And they spend their time wherever they want. Oh, yeah. This. So, yes, it helped me out a whole lot. Yay. I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. I'm so, yeah. Keep doing it. Cause the kids are good at stations and I think they're kind of fun to plan because they're not super high intense materials, especially for you setting up so many different things that way. Yeah. So for, okay. So I'm right. I'm typing notes when I'm talking to you. So I'm um, thinking uh-huh. about your structure K one, same five stations for two weeks. This would be like your school year. And then we could change it up for the summer. The summer too, we, okay, I have an idea for your summer. And then for second through fifth, I think you could do four stations and they do okay. two set stations a day. And then you would have the same four stations for two weeks. So then you're not planning week to week. You, they would have to do the other two. So, and if they leave, they leave. And then you would just maybe the last two weeks of the month, then they could have a choice and pick their like top two favorite. And you could even have them do like one whole station that whole time. Okay. So then they could, um, so kind of like for your older kids, your first two weeks, you're exposing them to the materials. Like 
Hey, this is like good when you have like introductory things like, oh, we're doing these robots. Here are the basics of this robot. Here's how it works. So the stations are done. It's like introduction. And then for the last two weeks, you're like, okay, the next two weeks, you're going to pick your favorite and you're going to really dive in and have a harder challenge with this. So then they get to spend that time really diving into it. You're like, okay, awesome. Now next week, you get to pick your second favorite and really dive in deeper. And that's going to help again with your materials so that you don't have to have something for everybody. Um, So then if it's not their favorite that first week, they can pick for the next week. And again, that's going to free you up too, because then you're probably just troubleshooting, but then Mm -hmm. they have their independent with their longer station. So like, yeah, like I said, the older kids still do fine with stations, um, but they have more stamina. So you don't need to switch it up like the every 10 minutes for the little kids. I think keep doing what you did with the little kids because that's totally good. You saw how good they were, but the older kids like want more time. They actually want to try more. So So they could do one station the whole time. And then I guess, I mean, that's okay if they don't get to everything because not every kid's going to like everything that you do. Like I have kids. Yeah. You, you know, you've seen that. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with the group. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "Uh, it's okay. And then summer, you said you had each group for two hours. Um, so we can still do the themes. I think it'd be fun too, like for your themes, because yours is kind of like a camp, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll have them, I think for nine weeks, eight to nine weeks, I want to say. Okay. So, so yeah, we'll have them all summer long, basically. Okay. That'd be cool if we could, and you might even have ideas, um, like for having a, like fun themes for the summer. Like yes. you could have like a camping theme and then all I do this, I have a STEM survival camp unit that I do K through five. And so each challenge is based off of the show alone. Have you seen that show? I'm not. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's for adults. Don't show it to the kids. Okay, I won't. <laughs> it's for adults. I mean, the fifth graders can watch it, but you don't need to show it at school, but they're like stranded alone. And then they have to like survive on the land by themselves. Yeah. Okay. So all the challenges are based off of the show. So that's, you could do something like that, like a camping theme. We could do like a space theme. Um, What else is a good one for summer? Um, Like outside activities, sun, like sun and shade for the little kids. And that could be for part of space, but. What else we, um, did I do for animals? Animals, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else did I, I'm trying to remember some of the things that I did do last year for them. We did, so camping space, outdoors. um, I even thought about, even, even though this is even a technology thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, in in there still. Do you guys ever bring in guest speakers? Is that something you can do? Are you allowed to do that? Yes. Yes. I think last week we're bringing in, um, an actual, um, we have a place called Arkansas Regional Innovation Hub Ooh. where they activities. So they have a mobile unit makerspace where they'll come in and they'll let the kids design different like shirts or watercolor paintings. Um, not watercolor, but chemistry. Um, what else they get to do? Ceramics. They do different kinds of things that they can take back with them, take home that they can make. So they had like a, a mobile makerspace for them. Ooh, that is so cool. 
Oh, yes. We, we have them coming in. And then I wanted to do a makerspace with them as well. So I thought mm-hmm. about maybe a makerspace theme. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Makerspace theme would be really good. And you could even for the little kids base it off of stories. I've done that as a club. So you read and the I, story and then have a challenge. Like a story. Have put something like that for their their age group. Mm-hmm. A through two anyway. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Ooh, I'm so excited to plan with you. I love planning. It's so fun. <laughs> it's fun. Still learning it because it's like just trying to get all of these ideas and just condense it down. It's been yes. so hard. Yes, I know. And don't, and like I said, don't feel like you have to do something new every single day with the kids. Okay. I always thought I had to, but honestly, sometimes the kids would get frustrated because they can't go deeper into topics. And so then, then they don't feel successful because, oh, I have to learn something new again. Like sometimes they're okay with having things be very predictable in a sense where, oh, I get to try this even more. Um, I never feel bad about that. Um, and actually their behaviors went down because they're not frustrated. Oh, I have to learn something new again. Oh my gosh. Oh, now it's something else. Um, so even if it's the same robots all week, but then you change up the content, then they're feeling successful with the robot, but then you're changing out the content. So then it's not as overwhelming for them because then they can get better at the robot. So it doesn't have to be a new, new, brand new thing every day. Um, like you want to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not a little bit, it's a lot of fun, but um, so don't feel like, yeah, you have to change it up every single time because that's going to make you feel so stressed out. <laughs> That's where I'm getting because I feel like I have to change it out because I don't want them to get bored. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe mm-hmm. they're going to get bored doing this. No. So I kind of was like, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed with my, you know, trying to mm-hmm. bring up stuff. Yeah. And those systems and routines, once you have a whole structure that will work best for you, that's also going to help with the behavior. Um, when I have kids come into my room, I like have the same thing that you come sit on the floor. I'm going to teach you for like eight minutes, if that, six to eight minutes. Then we're going to have our work time and then we're going to clean up and then talk about it. And then I also um, go through the engineering design process, which I feel like for yours, you can still have elements of that. Um, But also you have, you have a little more flexibility because you don't, you're not in the classroom classroom, but you, but you are, you have a really important role. So just having that same structure is really going to help you um, just how to plan your lessons, have that familiarity, and then the content will change. And then also in turn, all your planning is going to be easier because you're going to know what to expect. Um, every, like you just kind of have an idea of how things are going to flow and it won't feel so random. (laughs) Now I do have an opportunity, um, and I'll probably sit more likely paying something out and send it to you because I know we're getting close to our time. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) You're Uh good. I have an opportunity where I'm actually traveling further south um, to do some workshops with another group. So I'll still be doing the K through five group, but I will be spending a whole day with each group. Oh, cool. That I'm kind of stuck on there too, because not just I have to plan for this, but I'm Mm -hmm. also having to plan at the end of June to do a whole workshop for each day for each grade level. Oh, me out so so much so oh so much. <laughs> oh well this will this I think you'll feel successful because this planning will help you you can just teach them what you're planning yes yes 
Yeah. So we can definitely work on that because yeah, actually it'll all line up. You don't need to create something new. You just, you test it with your kids and then, okay, okay, then that's my workshop. Okay. I tested this. That's my workshop. So that actually you'll have really good evidence of what worked well and what didn't. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then you don't have to double. Yeah. Really try to repurpose. Yeah. So then that's going to save you time because you're already planning it anyway. Now you're just going to present about it and how it worked out. <laughs> I work. Now I have, what do you assess your, um, your STEM activities? How do you go about if you wanted to assess to see how well they're doing or if it's something that, okay, I can bring back or something I need to take away or just to see if it's helping them out in any of their areas. Do you do anything like that? So I do more informal things. So there's a couple things. So first, obviously my observations, noticing really, is this over their level? Like how, how are certain kids able to fit? Are they even able to finish the project? That's a huge thing. Um, Sometimes if they can't, is it because of the week? Did we have less time? Is it too hard? So maybe they had plenty of time, but they still didn't finish. So that will help let me know, oh, this was probably too hard slash I might not have been clear enough in my directions. Also, like if I were to give a grade, I really would think about um, like for that individual, are they able to really address the standards? So if I'm planning with standards, are you actually understanding what the standard is talking about um, from that perspective? But then also thinking about the process, Um, are you like let's say they're doing a stop motion animation. Are you doing a lot of picture? Are you understanding how to actually use the tool? So kind of it is trial and error (laughs) and also based on the class, but really it's kind of like that process versus the product. Um, I mean, I could use a rubric if I had to, but really more so that observation. Um, Also their behavior too. If they're messing around too much, maybe it's too easy. And if they're really rushing, maybe the project's too easy. Um, I've had that a couple of times, not too often. That's actually not as common as too hard. Um, If it's too hard, I will either maybe think about, is this tool better for a different grade? Or um, maybe the tool is right. I just didn't teach it well enough. Like some, you know, like when you are using especially the technology tools, how many steps it is to actually get into the tool. Um, so yeah. sometimes I I haven't done a good job. I have to go back and like really pre-teach. Okay, here's how you actually connect your robot to this platform. So sometimes it'll be, okay, I'm going to show you how to do that, then go do it, and then come back. I'm going to show you how to use it in your project. So like if for your older kids, or even in your younger kids too, you might have to show them, okay, for this station, here's how you do this, blah, 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 and then get started. So for me, it's more observational and based on their experience too. Because if they don't have a lot of experience, you might have to do a little bit easier to get them familiar and confident. And then, okay, now you have experience. Now we can get more into this. So that's okay too. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully that helps. (laughs) It does. It helps me out. Because I wanted to assess to see how well they're actually catching on to it. So I think observation would definitely, because I can observe them and sit there and look at them and kind of mm-hmm. tell, okay, you work. Or I've had some, like you said, they catch on real quick. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure, okay, what can I do next? Yeah. yeah. So for those kids, once you two get familiar with the tools, then you can kind of jot some notes down. Um, 
of ways they can improve. So for maybe the project's fine and there are those kids who rush through it, but you can even create like a modification checklist that could be there. How do it make it even better? So it's not making the project, I guess, harder. It's like going deeper in it. So let's say you're doing a makerspace project, a Rube Goldberg machine where like it has that chain reaction. And you're like, okay, you did it. Could you add something that swings? That would be hard. Actually, how, where do you attach it? Where does it swing? Can you add something that rolls and then hit something else? So having multi-step things. So really helping push those kids. You could have a modification checklist and just, yeah, from you observing, what are things like most kids doing? And even the kids who are improving, you're like, Ooh, what are the things you are improving? Um, so then again, you don't have to necessarily change out the project. You're just giving ways for them to go deeper in that content. Um, cause that's true with like reading, writing math for kids who are getting it quickly. Oh, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to skip grade levels. You just need to go deeper in the content and think in even higher levels of learning. So it's the same thing with STEM too. Definitely would try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring all the sticky notes. Yeah. Like bring your notebook. I do that. I will write down notes all the time when I'm watching kids and you'll get some in- random inspiration or maybe you're driving your car like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. And then <laughs> write it down. <laughs> and <I've> done that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so I think for, so we'll meet, I think it's, I have it scheduled for next week for the kickoff call. So I'll talk about um, in our kickoff call, like how we're going to do like a lesson audit. So just take a look at, I have a whole template for you. Um, looking at the lessons you have so far, or maybe ones you're hoping to do. And then also um, I have a template that you'll use to like really map out the materials that you have. Um, So having those, you don't need to have a year long plan yet. We'll get to that, but really thinking about with those templates and I'll take a look at them too, kind of get an an idea of what we're working with and what you want to do. So we'll talk about that in our meeting. Um, I think for before then, um, if you did have, ooh, if you did have a rough sketch of how often you see kids, even if it does change, that's going to okay. um, help with knowing, like, this doesn't have to be like your year-long plan, but just kind of knowing the time frame you see kids, that's going to help knowing how many uh, different units that um, you'll have to plan out. So then that will, I think, really help bring the overwhelm down because then you're like, okay, these are the time frames I have to work with. Um, So then we can think about like those bigger themes, like here's this chunk of time, here's this chunk of time, here's what you can do throughout the year. Um, Even if, I mean, that happens too as a classroom teacher, like you have school events, like I have that too. I have my year long plan, but sometimes I have to take out something in that unit because we have an assembly that day or that grade level is on a field trip. So that's pretty normal. But if you are able to map out your um, kind of rough estimate of when you're going to see kids and how often for each grade level, that's going to help. And then once you have that spreadsheet, um, you'll, I think you'll like the spreadsheet. It'll like has all these drop down menus that you can plug stuff in um, and then all the materials. And then we'll merge that together and then create your start working on that year long plan. And then at the very end of the whole weeks we have, um, then we'll even talk about like even more about materials and things like you might want to purchase in the future, different ways to do that. Even we can work on some grant writing too. So um, yeah. Do you have any other questions for me? I hope this was helpful for you. Very helpful. I, I am very excited. I cannot wait. I, I couldn't wait yesterday. I was like, oh, yay. I finally get some 
about to do some of my STEM projects. So, yes, this is so helpful and I appreciate it so yeah. much. So- you're so welcome. I'm so excited to work with you this summer. And like I said, I love, love, love lesson planning. And like, this is like a big puzzle. <laughs> so like using your ideas and every like things that you want to work with and um, what you're comfortable with and the supplies that you have, I think we're really going to be able to create something that will be definitely unique for your situation and um, something that you can keep modifying over the years. And um, when new materials come in and out, or your kids get better at stuff, it'll be easy to change things out because it's um, like something you have that structure, but then all the ideas will like fit in. They have all the little, little places for your stuff. <laughs> yay, yay, I'm so excited. Yay, good. Well, I will actually see you next week. Um, I think I put in your platform, the Zoom um, link. If not, I'll put it in there and then we'll meet live and then you'll have that to work on in June. And then we'll have um, live calls every week and you'll have audio access to me um, for the rest of the summer. So um, if things pop up, like you have me in your back pocket. <laughs> yes. And I was going to ask if I had to miss a meeting and I think you just answered it, um, would I be able to go back and replay oh, it? Or Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You'll be able to replay it. And then I'll also have, um, so I'll have the video replay. And then I also take out the audio and make it like a podcast. Um, okay. I don't edit it. I just use the audio. So that way you can listen on the go as well. Um, okay. yeah. So you'll have the replay options and all that. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, um, I'm excited to be working with you. Excited to work with you as well. I'm, I'm looking so forward to it. Yay. Me too. Well, I will talk to you soon. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Oh, real quick question. Did you get your oh. present in the mail? I did. Okay, good. I did with my pen. Yay, good. (laughs) I have my notebook. I made myself one too. I have my notebook and I thought about it. I was looking, I'm like, I left it on the table. (laughs) I had to grab something real quick. Oh, you're good. I have my pen and I appreciate My son took my second sticker. He's like, oh, mom, it's my sticker now. I was like, hey, you know what? All right, I'll let you have it. Go ahead. I'll send you you another one. (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) that I truly good I'm so glad you got it (laughs) (laughs) well thank you and I'll talk to you later I'll see you next week okay thank you you're welcome (laughs) bye I am so excited to work with Delisa this summer she already has a great start for her program and there is so much room for creativity and fun lessons that Delisa and her students will enjoy If you're interested in having a one-to-one coaching call like this one and support throughout the summer to build up your program, join us. There are only a few spots left at naomimeredith.com slash stem into summer. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.